0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. I want to welcome my friends and loved ones and uh, listeners from all over the world. You're listening to us on WGPL, WPCE, and WBXBAM here in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. You can also hear us on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. As always, Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. i got to take a pause from this subject of personal finances today. I'm not done with that, but I need to take just a few moments to talk about where we find ourselves after the events of uh, the last week or so. And uh, believe me, I can't do this subject the justice it deserves. I won't even try, but I do want to share just a little bit of perspective with you you know, we're living in some uh, seriously trying times. On May the 25th of this year, just a week ago, we saw before our very eyes one of the most despicable acts of police brutality you can imagine. It was an act of police brutality that stunned, it hurt, it shocked, indeed, it angered us. It angered people of every race. We saw a white police officer place his knee in the neck of an unarmed black man. That man, Mr. George Floyd, was totally restrained, offered no resistance, was no threat whatsoever as the police officer rested the weight of his body on Mr. Floyd's neck. And to make matters worse, the officer maintained a position of rest on Mr. Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes with his hand in his pocket and a smirk on his face while Mr. Floyd cried out, I can't breathe. And ultimately, Mr. Floyd cried out for his mother, a grown man laying in the middle of the street, pinned between a car and multiple officers. One of those officers bearing the full weight of his body, threw his knee onto this man's neck. This was not some horror movie. This was on the street in broad daylight in Midtown America. And now protests have sprung up all over the country and the world. Why? Because of people's collective sense of injustice. Is it just their imagination as some would suppose? Is it just someone stoking flames and causing unrest? What has looting and burning buildings have to do with anything, some ask. Let let me make something perfectly clear right away. Me personally, I totally abhor, I totally unquestionably, incontrovertibly abhor looting and burning. What kind of person can sit in their home watching a TV every day, every night that they know they stole and had nothing to do with the memory, the legacy, or adding purpose to the suffering and the death of Mr. Floyd? That's illegal and ludicrous behavior. At the same time, however, protesting is altogether valid And it's every citizen's God-given right. It's every citizen's constitutional right. But is it just some folks' imagination running wild? Or is there a problem underneath it all that is not being addressed? The question of the day is, is there a racial problem in the United States of America? Not many folk would deny it. And let me tell you something, there is absolutely without a doubt a racial problem in the United States of America. And you know what makes it worse? The problem is exacerbated by those, whether they be white, black, or otherwise, who deny that there is a racial problem in the United States. The racial problem is also exacerbated by those, white, black, or otherwise, who make the racial problem the central theme of their very existence. People who are on polar opposites of the truth about the matter are the ones who make the matter worse. Another variable that makes the racial problem worse is the fact that we lack leadership from a national level that has vision enough to see the problem, let alone a vision to change it. We have a racial problem. And when you use the term racism, you ought to be able to define it. And I want to share with you my definition of racism. Here's my personal definition of racism. Racism is a social system where a group in power systematically, overtly, and covertly denies a group with less power the same rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that the group with more power enjoys. In other words, here's a group over here, they're in the majority, they have the power. Here's a group over here, they're in the minority, they don't have the power that the majority group has, and the majority group operates in a system, whether covertly or overtly, the majority group operates a system that denies the minority group the same liberty, life, and happiness that the majority group enjoys. Now, I'm not claiming to be the brightest bulb in the pack, but after observing history as I know it, my anecdotal evidence says, we have a racism problem because there is a social system that overtly and covertly denies people of color the same rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that the people of the majority race in the United States of America enjoy. There is a system that is energized, and it overtly and covertly denies people of color the same rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that people of the majority race enjoy. Some say it's not as bad as it used to be. They will even point out the fact that we've had a black president of the United States. Well, even so, that's not a caveat to ignore some very obvious problems and not strive to make things better. Yes, some say it's not as bad as it used to be. Maybe it's not as bad as it used to be. However, however, on the road to getting better, we are progressing at the rate of a turtle crawling from Earth to Mars. It may not be as bad as it used to be, but it still ought to be much, 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 much better than it is right now. And I know somebody may say, here's another angry black man. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. I am an angry black man. And I have a lot to be angry about. I'll share a few things with you that I'm angry about. I'm angry that there was ever such a thing as racism in these United States of America. I'm angry for the indescribable, unimaginable unspeakable horrors of slavery. I'm angry about the Fugitive Slave Act. Require an escaped slave to go back to his master? Really? I'm angry. I'm angry that it took this nation over 200 years to abolish slavery. And it was abolished in black and white at least. I'm angry that in 1877, the 1877 compromise that ended Reconstruction paved the way for the KKK and Jim Crow. I'm angry that in 1896, the U.S. Supreme Court declared in Plessy versus Ferguson that racial segregation was, in fact, constitutional. How are you the highest court in the land? And you make it legal to tell black people, stay in your place. I'm angry that Brown versus Board of Education, that decision in 1954, came around and made and declared that separate but equal is unconstitutional. But we had governors who wouldn't enforce it. I'm angry we never gave birth to another good marshal. I'm angry. I'm angry that my childhood education taught me the lie that white men were responsible for all things good and great, even Jesus Christ. How do we get Jesus Christ painted with blonde hair and blue eyes? I'm angry. I'm angry that I was bused out of my black neighborhood, across town to a white neighborhood, to attend school in the name of integration. Why couldn't they bring some white kids to my school? I'm angry that even today, black people don't take education more seriously. I'm angry I'm angry that black people consider abortion to be a viable option. Do you know that it's estimated we've killed over 20 million black babies in the name of abortion since Roe v. Wade back in the 70s? Do you know that that's 10 times more than all the blacks killed by racism since we came to this country in the 1600s? I'm angry that black people consider abortion to be viable option. I'm angry that young black men walk down the street with their pants hanging off their behinds, unsavory, unset, inappropriate, nasty. I'm angry. I'm angry the United States of America refuses to own its racist history. We can never speed up progress in racial harmony. We can never speed up progress in racial reconciliation as long as we don't have everybody of every race first of all agreeing that there is a problem to deal with. And America busily points the finger at other nations around the world charging them with violations of human rights and we refuse in the United States of America to own our own racist history yes I said we because I'm here I'm a citizen I was born here I have as much rights to be here as anybody else I have as many, as much right to enjoy life liberty and pursuit of happiness as anybody else and I'm not leaving because I have nowhere else to go and I'm determined to be a part of the fix and not a part of the problem so I say we I'm angry that so many white people refuse to acknowledge that their whiteness grants them a privilege in this country. I'm angry that the amount of pigmentation in your skin or the lack thereof makes some people feel superior and convince them that other people are inferior. That's all the color of skin is, the amount of pigmentation I'm angry that white people, even though they mean well, they still say ignorant things like, I don't see color, or I'm colorblind. I know they mean well, I know what they're trying to say, but these are the prototypical phrases that comprise racist language. Hmm. I'm angry that you can be engaged in racism and not be a racist. I'm angry that the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff testified before Congress last July that there are no race problems in the United States military. But then just a few months later, soon after that, Official reports were published, and the U.S. Air Force, the United States Air Force, had to acknowledge, yeah, there is racial disparity in discipline of airmen in the United States Air Force. This general has been living large for far too long to make the naive, uneducated assumption that there is no longer race, in the United States military. I'm angry at that. And oh, by the way, this general, the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, had the nerve to say it's amazing I feel color blind. And you know what? It's okay to be color blind when your color is deemed to be the right color. I'm angry. I'm angry that blacks like Candace Owens use their energies to support regimes that will sooner or later finish using her, kick her to the curb, and then she'll have to find some black people to take her in, help mend her broken heart, help her heal. It's coming. The day is coming, my friend. Ask Diamond and Silk. The day is coming. I'm angry that many blacks use white privilege as a crutch for not doing better by themselves. We can do better by ourselves. We cannot depend upon the U.S. government to be some great white father to swoop down from Washington, D.C. and save us. We have a savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He's come to give us life and that more abundantly. How about we lean and depend on him? How about we push one another up instead of holding one another down? How about we point the finger at drug dealers? How about we point out criminals? How about we clean up our own neighborhoods? How about we have some businesses in our neighborhoods? Lord, help us. Why can't we have another black Wall Street? I'm angry. I'm angry that the law didn't serve Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, Armoud, Albert Breonna, Taylor, George Floyd, Lord knows how many. I can't call all the names. I'm angry the law did not serve them. I'm angry police officers told George Zimmerman, do not follow Trayvon Martin. He followed him how. he engaged Trayvon Martin, and when Trayvon Martin, a young teenage boy, was beating him down, he shot him. And the law said it was self-defense. For the life of me, I cannot understand why Trayvon was not defending himself. I'm angry. I'm angry that laws uphold the needless, senseless loss of life at the hands of those who are sworn to protect life. And there has been no effort to change laws. I'm angry that judges, when they pronounce these verdicts, hold their heads in shame. I'm angry that juries wish they could do something else, but by the law, by the law. I'm angry that police forces, police departments are used to enforce unjust laws. I'm angry that when the police arrive on the scene, they seem more intent on outforcing you than policing you. What do I mean, outforcing you? They're more intent. On having their force to be more than your force to overcome you. I'm angry. I'm angry that Colin Kaepernick tried to tell folks there was a problem, but people twisted his kneeling into an insult and offense to the country because it made them uncomfortable while they watched football. We scorned one knee, and now another knee is the cause of the country being on fire. I'm angry. Listen, I'm angry. I'm angry that in 2020, the year 2020, we continually see black men killed in the streets by police officers for no good reason at all. I'm angry that we have black police officers who who would treat black people worse than dogs. I'm angry that black people keep killing black people. I'm angry that the murder rate, black-on-black crime in the city of Chicago can't seem to be handled. I'm angry. I'm angry that it doesn't get the news coverage that it deserves. I'm angry at black people killing black people. I'm angry that people find a need to kill people, period. Black, white, red, yellow, brown, purple, pink, blue. I'm angry that people find a need to kill people, period. I'm angry that we cannot do without the media, but the media busily spins stories to fit either their left or right wing leanings. We absolutely cannot do without the media. We must have the media. Got to have the media. We wouldn't have gained the ground that we've gained in the last 50 years without the media. We need the media. But whether it's Fox or whether it's CNN, the media is busy busily spinning stories to fit either their left or right wing leanings the meaning the me- media excuse me the media will cover a burning building for an hour but will cover a police officer and a civilian citizen hugging for a moment just a brief moment I'm angry that we have a president in the White House who seems to specialize in stoking fires for the sheer pleasure of watching them burn like he's some sort of immature emotional arsonist. I'm angry that this president offers no real leadership in any situation, including this watershed moment. We are at a watershed moment in the history and the life of the United States of America. I'm angry that this president's intelligence is limited to how to coerce others into capitulating to him. I'm angry that every politician appears to be about political expediency and not serving the citizenry. Republican leadership, Democratic leadership, where has your voice been? Where has your presence been for the last week? I'm angry that politicians are so bent on the left and bent on the right. They're bent away from right. They're bent away from truth. I'm angry that Joe Biden told me I wasn't black if I didn't vote for him. Joe, let me tell you something. You have no right to the White House. You need to earn it. And you certainly do not earn my vote by telling me I'm not black if I don't vote for you. Tell me why I should vote for you. Give me a platform that makes you worth voting for. I haven't heard it yet. I'm angry. I'm angry that my choice of presidential candidates are Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Really? My choice of presidential candidates are Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I feel like I'm being compelled to choose the lesser of two evils. And at the end of the day, I'm left with evil out of a country of about 350 million people, you're telling me that the best we can do is Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I'm angry that I'm actually entertaining the notion of not voting this November. And I know people suffered and died that I might have a right to vote uh, Mr. John Lewis, God bless his heart, what a man, what a man, what a man, beat like a dog on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, what a man, but I don't think he went through what he went through so that my choices could be wasted on Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I tell you, I'm entertaining the notion. I didn't say I would not vote. I said I'm entertaining the notion. And I'm angry that I feel compelled to entertain the notion. I'm angry that Jerry Falwell Jr. would think it's okay to wear a face mask that's supposed to protect him and others. And on that face mask, he'd wear a photo or print of someone in blackface just to point out something. Whatever he meant by it was totally irrelevant. I'm angry that he felt led to do that. I'm angry that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is still the most segregated hour of the week. I'm angry that race and politics have seemingly split the church right down the middle. Nevermore has it been more obvious that we try to have a black church and a white church. Race and politics split the church right down the middle. I'm angry that we make everything a matter of black and white, like there are no more people in the world. There are no Native Americans. There are no Hispanics. There are no Asians. I'm angry that leading white pastors in the United States of America can have black members in their churches, can see what's going on in this country, can know that it must be tearing away at the hearts of their black members, but we don't have a record of a leading white pastor saying or doing anything. I'm angry. I'm angry. Here's what I'm most angry about. Here's what makes me the angriest. I'm angriest because we fail to recognize that we're not fighting a natural enemy. Yes, I'm angry that we cannot determine who the enemy is. We just cannot determine who the enemy is. The enemy cannot be another person. Not with this strong of hate. Not with this strong of division. Not with this strong of dissension. Not with this much chaos. The enemy cannot be another person. No matter what side you're on. Understand that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. This is not a flesh and blood enemy. When you look at the lives lost. The fires burning. The turmoil. The chaos in the street. some wanting anarchy. You have to conclude that there is another force at work. I was watching the movie Wonder Woman, uh, that newest Wonder Woman movie that came out. And when uh, uh, Steve Trevor ended up on the island of the Amazons, he was describing World War II. And based on his description of war, based on the description of killing, the description of chaos, the description of of power-hungry leaders, the description of attempted dictatorships, the description of, 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 of world war, based on that description, Diana Prince said, this is Ares, this is not natural man, this is Ares, the god of war. And based on the description of chaos we have, the description of hate, the description of disorder, the description of lawlessness, the description of injustice, we have enough to declude like Diana Prince. The prince of war is at work, not the prince of peace, but the prince of war. And I'm telling you something. The truth is the force we war against is spiritual in nature. We've been deceived into thinking the enemy is the color of our skin. And you cannot defeat a spiritual force by natural means. Folks, our common enemy is Satan. And Satan specializes in stoking racial tensions, starting racial fires, and using the slightest difference in us to achieve his goal of chaos in the world. Why? Satan wants to achieve the ultimate get back at God. The ultimate payback. Satan wants to be able to say to God, I destroyed your prized possession. I made your prized possession the man you created in your image. I convinced him to turn away from you. That's Satan's goal. I believe it's nothing less. I believe it's nothing more. And Satan will use anything he can to achieve that purpose. Even pitting us against one another because of the color of our skin. If the United States of America is or will be the great Christian nation we claim to be, we better hurry to the altar of repentance, get down on our knees, and cry out to the living God. Then turn to him in worship, turn to worship him and him alone. And my brothers and sisters, we better do it before it's too late. And I don't know about you, but I plan to be a part of the fix and not continue to stoke the hate, the evil, the division. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere. I love this country. It's a wreck. It's a mess. Got monumental problems. But it's my country. Man, I got to get out of here. I'm done for today. I got to get out of here. You've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Please join us again next week, same time. If you want to hear this or any other of my broadcasts, my programs, search me on internet, iTunes, or any podcast player. You can search C.D. Hodges. You'll find us there. Hey, I got to go. But remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. I'm out.